Welcome to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. It's not just enough to know of God. We want you to know Him. Coming to you from sunny Orlando, Florida, it's time to rethink life the way God intended. This is the Genesis Post Sunday Podcast. All right, everybody, welcome to the Post-Sunday Podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Johnny Sierra, along with our host as well, Pastor Tim Grandstaff. What is going on, brother? And we are back. Oh, back man. Back again, man. Episode and a five. Lot, a lot to dive into. Oh, my goodness, man. Uh, if you see the smile on Pastor Tim's face right now, uh, this is he's, he's uh, nerding out uh, in the Bible, and he's loving every minute of it. Which is great, man. We're, we're learning so much, but thank you guys for tuning in, man. If you've been with us these last four weeks, we hope that it's been a treat for you um, and just really diving deeper into scriptures. Um, it just really coincides a lot with what we're doing here at Genesis Church with our never-ending story series, uh, going through the Bible, a full year-long study um, of the Bible. I've never heard of anything like this with any church, so it's fascinating right off the bat. But it's fantastic. So if you're new with us today, what is Post Sunday Podcast? So Post Sunday Podcast is presented by Genesis Church Orlando. Uh, it's a church here in Orlando, Florida. We're a podcast dedicated into diving deeper in the Word of God. Uh, Post Sunday Podcast is aired weekly, so we'll have uh, it's a continuation of Sunday's message uh, Genesis Church's message. So uh, we like to bring a lot of practicalness, uh, applications, questions, things that we can really take home with us and study and go deeper with. But you can find us at uh, and on Spotify, but we'll be on iTunes and other po- podcast platforms in the future. You can also follow us on Instagram at Post Sunday Podcast as well. So, and don't forget, everything is stemming from our live services that we air on Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11.30, and you can find that at GenesisChurchOrlando.com or on YouTube.com backslash Genesis Church Orlando. Woo, that was a lot. Yeah, one correction. You said 9. Oh, 9.30. 9.30. That's yeah, right. you know. Gosh, just man. for those listening that just may yeah. not be a part of what we do, yep. so they're not like, oh, well, at 9 o'clock, you weren't there. <laughs> we got you. We, got we you had back. our anniversary Sunday yeah, last week, yep. so my, my times good. are like everywhere right now. So thank you for that, though. No Appreciate problem. It. Uh, well, we're going off of um, we're going off of Genesis 11. We're Genesis 11, yeah. a continuation there of um, just last week we were in the story of um, Noah. And now um, we were running into the story of uh, the Tower of, of Babel. Yeah, I mean, like what we're trying to do is get get pictures to change inside of people's heads, which isn't easy. And like, I, you know, I always tell people like, I'd love to take you to Israel because when you see it there and you see the real places, then it's like a whole nother level. So, you know, shameless plug, uh, we're working on that. We're working on that Israel trip for Genesis nice, Church. Man. So everybody that's listening, just stay tuned. You had to listen to the podcast to hear that yeah. first. <laughs> a little, that little backside. But yeah. the story of Tower of Babel has so many other things in it than just this, hey, oh, I hear this story, and I think that's where everybody got their languages from, and there's a big tower that was poking up through the clouds. Yep, that was know? me. And so, like, how do you peel back this story and really let it sink in and, and really – 
more than anything, pierce your heart because I think that's that's the the most vital piece, obviously, of scripture, but also the story is what is in this story that is relevant and working in my story and how can I see that? Yeah, so. no, that's right. I was one of those. I mean, I had an image of what it might have looked like and it was very similar to what your your picture you put up um, uh, on Sunday, you know, and that was fantastic and uh, really broke down. You went further into that, but I, um, you really started to hit um, on the kind of a little bit of a genealogy. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's that thing of like the, probably the thing that bores us the most mm. sometimes has the 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 best clues mm. you know th- when you're trying to really unpack a story and and hopefully as people are doing this with us they're beginning maybe to kind of see that you know or ask new different questions and they've always just kind of settled for and and part of that is just wh- who's in the story what does that tell me about the story what what does that give me a glimpse of and so when when you get inside of it you know you've got Genesis 10, as we talked about Nimrod, who is the, you know, is the son of Cush, who is the son of Ham, who then that makes him the great grandson of Noah. And like, to me, that's just fascinating because I never thought about that in the story that first of all, Nimrod is one of the key characters of this story. And then because he builds Babel, then he builds Nineveh. Love that little insight of the fact of when you get inside the story of Jonah and he's supposed to go to Nineveh and he doesn't want to because these people need to hear this message from God. Like that's crazy. Their 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 forefather per se is Nimrod, um, but that that little piece of like he was around, obviously when his grandfather was alive, Ham and possibly Noah, and so this whole idea of like it wasn't like he lived hundreds of years later and had no idea what happened in the flood. Like he was going to get firsthand accounts from his grandfather, at least if not his great grandfather. And he still chooses to rebel against God and do this. And to know that his name means rebel already let you know, going into the story, like this is, this is what we have to look into ourselves for is that, that heart of rebellion that no matter what our grandparents told us or our parents have told us about God and who he is and what he does, we all have this freedom to choose and our heart is inclined to rebel and go the other way. Like this is at the very beginning and really the prequel in chapter 10 before we even dive in. And that's, that's that stuff. Like you just said, that gets me smiling and and geeks me out and all that kind of stuff, because I want to know as deep into the story as I possibly can. Yeah. No, that's awesome, man. Um, Take us a little deeper pastor uh, for, I don't want to, regurgitate what you said on Sunday. I don't yeah. want you to do that. Uh, that's why uh, if you're listening with us, we encourage you to go check out um, on YouTube, you know, on live the message, you'll be able to understand where we're going. But kind of, a, I know we, we left service and you were like, man, there's so much more I got. So <laughs> I just saw the clock like- ticking down faster and faster. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I can't say that. So, you know, then I, then I find myself in this problem of like dropping little pieces mm. that I can't, you know, unpack completely. So this is that space. So if you're yeah. listening, like that's what this is for. Sometimes we go back and we, like you said, we take something and we kind of flush it out a little bit more or we find comb over it. But other moments give me the chance to go, listen, I didn't even get to get here. Mm. 
but in this podcast I do, you know? And so that's the resources that we're wanting to provide because the goal is that you don't just know of the Bible, you actually know it, you know? So the Tower of Babel, I don't want to just know of the story like I learned as a child. I want to know the story of the Tower of Babel so that I can figure out how it relates to my life here and now and the decisions and choices I have to make. And so when you open up the story, as I said, you know, here's all these people that have come together. It says they've all migrated together. They're all one language and they begin to use bricks to build with. And as I said, the next time you read about bricks being used to build is in Exodus where Moses and the Israelites and Pharaoh and all of that. And so we know within that story that there's oppression, there's slavery, there's all these things. And so what you begin to realize is that Nimrod, this mighty man is is prominent. He's strong. You know, we don't know what he looked like, but the words being used show us that he had a power and a prominence about him to lead this this endeavor to build this tower. And not only is he doing it, but there's there obviously is also like forced labor happening within this, which there's so many other things that we'll talk about it today, is a complete rejection of God saying, steward the earth, you know, steward it together versus one man try to gain power mm. and lord it over others and use them for his own purpose. And, you know, one of the things that I was reading this past week that we didn't have time to get into today was just um, a little bit of like Jewish lore, just, you know, some of the legends that they had about the story itself. And so it doesn't necessarily mean it's true, but it's how they would kind of at least seen into it. And then, you know, thought about the perspective of the story in of itself. And so they were just talking about the fact that by seeing just the picture of bricks or seeing that word, it was the reality that, you know, for Nimrod, the project was more important than any of the people that had migrated there. And, and so they even had a thought that, that, that as the tower was being constructed um, higher and higher and higher and higher, that if a person fell off the tower, climbing up the tower, they, they said that there was a tear shed for the person who fell off, at least you thought. And they said, no, it wasn't for the person that fell off. It was the fact that the brick had gotten that high. And because it had fallen, it would have to be taken back up again. And so that within that, that thinking is like, wow. you know, and we're prone to this even today that the project matters more than the person. Wow. Just get the project done, you know. And so in their, their legend, the brick getting to the top adds the next layer of the tower. And that's more important than the person that fell off trying to carry it up the tower, you know, like I said, it's a legend. So whether it's true or not, it's, it's just an insight into that perspective of there's so many times in our life that, uh, because we have to get something accomplished or there's a timetable in front of us, or there's a boss that is expectant of us that sometimes we can bum rush through things at the expense of people. And because the project is matters in the moment or matters to us. And, you know, we are in no way a perfect church. You know, we, we, we have faults and we have failures. It's why we tell people like there are many great churches in Orlando, find one, you know, if God has Genesis for you and that's a, that's a place where you can find for your family. That's great, but we're not perfect. But one of our DNA statements that we've had for years, it's on the wall here in our ministry center is, uh, people over programs. And, you know, I learned that because when we were in Atlanta, we finally started building, you know, we were meeting in a school. Uh, we had been meeting in a school for, you know, over 10 years and, you know, everybody comes when are you going to have your own place, when are you going to have your own building. And 
So we bought land, we built a building. And one of the things that our pastor at the time that I was on staff with, he said, you know, something that I realized is that when your focus goes on the building, um, it takes a lot of your focus away from the people. And I never forgot that. And so like for us, we're portable still in the sense of we rent from a private school, which has, you know, its benefits and it's been great. Um, and so people come inevitably like when you can have your place and I don't know what God wants to do. Uh, we're just not chasing that maybe the way I think other people think we should. Um, it's not that it's not on our radar at the same time. Um, we always want to be focusing on the people yeah. and not just on a project, but your human flesh will pull you the other way all the time. And it naturally does. And so the story kind of brings in some of that to filter out. It does. Yeah. I, I love, there's so many angles to this. Um, and just when you look at everything, the way that, that, uh, that you have brought it. Um, but, uh, I want to tap in a little further. I want to tap in a little further with, um, just kind of, Moving, you know, maybe with some things that you didn't hit on on Sunday that you you really would have loved to to dial in a little bit more on. Yeah, let's, uh, you know, like so. Here's the thing: the the story I think for people, those of you that are listening, and I don't know if if you're in our church and you're going to use this in your small group this week, or our life groups, or if you're just someone who came across the podcast. The story of the Tower of Babel obviously is about you know it's about construction and a tower, but that's not the focal point. You know, it's, it's like we've said in some of the other stories that we've already been marching through, you know, Noah and the flood. It, the focal point is not how did God get water on the face of the planet. The focal point is that wickedness was continual in the heart of men. And so for the, the Tower of Babel, there's, there's two things that are happening that people have to really, I think, focus in on. They, they want to build a city. You know, we talked about that for themselves. It says they want to make a name for themselves. And so they've come together so that they won't be dispersed over the face of the earth. And so you think about Nimrod means rebel. So we know that within this story, then if the leader of whatever the project is, has used his power to draw everybody else in and the sense of influence, then there's a lot of rebellion. So let's just start there, right? Like there's a rebellion inside of each of us each day that we wake up and we have to ask ourselves, are we going to do what God asks us to do or are we going to rebel and do what we want to do? And so you have, you have multiple pieces of rebellion that are happening. You know, let's make a name for ourselves is in complete rebellion against Genesis 1:27. you know, that we were made in the image of God. And so there's this vocation in Genesis chapter one, as we talk about, that everyone is given on the planet. The purpose we exist for is to bear the image, name, likeness of God to the world around us. And now you have a group of people with a leader going, no, 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 no. Let's make a name for ourselves. So there's, there's rebellion one. Rebellion two, you know, I ask people often, what's the first commandment in the Bible? And so they immediately jump to like Exodus What's the first commandment of the 10 commandments, all that kind of stuff. And I say, no, no, first commandment of the Bible is in Genesis chapter one, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. This is God's first command and instruction to creation. Be fruitful, multiply and fill the earth. There's that language right there. It's the same thing spoken in Noah, Genesis chapter nine, when they come out of the ark, very first verse, Genesis nine, verse one, be fruitful, multiply and fill the earth. So here's God 
which shouldn't have to, but he's repeating himself from Genesis 1. What do the people say as to why they're building a city and a name for themselves so we don't have to be spread over the earth? So God is saying, I want you to go fill the earth. And the people are saying, we don't want to go fill the earth. So we're going to stay right here. Like how, how many different analogies can you use personally in your own life where God is saying, do this. And we're just hunkering down going, not doing that. Don't want to do that. Don't like doing that. Don't feel like doing that. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. And so instead of going horizontal, they're going vertical now. Yes. And now they're, Hey, that's uh, now, you know, it's like, what can we do to, you know, get, get, what was their thought uh, to get to heaven to, 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 yeah, like get how closer to get God, to where God is. Yeah. Babel means gate of God. Yeah, yeah. So like, like now we have this thought of, you know, the serpent tempts Eve says, you know, if you eat of this, you'll be like God. Right. So that's always inside of us somewhere that, you know, we don't like to feel less than mm. right. So we're always in competition. Jealousy is always right around the corner, you know, because we're always looking at someone going, did they get more than me? You know, you're a kid, you put both of your kids at the table. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's the old commercials. We grew up in the eighties with like the cereal box. Give one just a little bit more than the other. And what happens? Yeah, they're fine. Yeah, you know, you you know, Sage, and you know, <laughs> yeah. like, wait a second, like you got you got more than me, you yeah. know, and so, but we do that as an adult. Yeah, that's that's the problem with social media, you know. That person went on vacation. I haven't been on one. Mm -hmm. That person, you know, took a picture in front of a new house they closed on. I'm still in my old house, and so we wrestle with these things, and the enemy uses them to really just bring us into turmoil where we think we now need to do something to get ourselves there. Yeah. And, and, and so within this story, that's what you have. You have these people going, we'll build a tower to the heavens. You know, some of the Jewish legend says that, that uh, a statue of Nimrod was placed on top with him thrusting his sword towards God in the heaven. You know, once again, it's, it's just Jewish legend at the same time. Like this is the picture they had, like this tower and what they're doing by saying, Hey, we're not going to fulfill your first commandments to bear your image and to fill the earth. We're going to make a name for ourselves, and we're going to hunker down right here. And then the statue of like a sword to God is, is that defiance of rebellion that no matter what God asked me to do, I'm not doing it. Wow. Yeah. I find it, uh, I, they almost like missed the point. Like they're building this yeah. tower, like physical thinking, like they're just literally going to be able to reach some, yeah. something. And, and the reality is it's like, I can only, I can picture God kind of laughing and saying, guys, you like, there is, there isn't a height that you're going to reach me by like a hundred percent or it, like, what but it speaks of their, their mindset, like the corruption yes. that, that was, it was just so, they were so corrupt that they didn't even know I, I almost feel like sometimes um, our rebellion and corruption, it just becomes silliness. Like it, it's like it, it, it makes you do you're just in a place that you're doing things that are just like so out of whack. And, and, and it just puts you it, it just looks silly. Like it, it just becomes yeah. this this silly. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just like um, I can't find it. But just you just you're just silly. You look silly now. Like yeah. You're not even like. We, you, we say, we say like we, we've learned, don't have a conversation with yourself because when you do, you tell yourself stuff that doesn't make sense. <laughs> you know, you become, uh, as one of my friends tells me, logically illogical. 
you think you have it figured out, but it doesn't really make sense. Like that's what's happening in the story. Logically, they're illogical, but yeah. in somewhere in their mind, logically it makes sense to defy God and build your own city yeah. and tower for your goodness and your greatness. But on the outside looking in, we can say that's as illogical as it possibly can be. And like you said, God, God's, you know, laughing, God's looking at them going, what are we up to right now? Like what, what is really taking place right here? You yeah. know, and, and what, like you said, has gotten into your thinking that, You're that, that so, you so think way. your way is better than my way. Crazy, bro. Right. However, the reality for everyone listening and you and I, like yeah. we have to wake up every day and go, how many times do we do that? Yeah. How many times is God looking down? Like, what are you thinking? You logically think that makes sense, but it's as illogical as possible because it's not my way or it's not my plan, or it's not what I really intended for you. You're doing it your own way. And and that's the, the depth of this story is, you know, their, their ability or their inability to really obey God. So that's what we've been seeing since Genesis 3. People are like, well, it's all sin. Yes. Somehow it's not to, I don't want to take the word sin out because sin is there. Sin is real, like we said. Sin has consequences. Sin separates you from God. But here may be the word today, disobedience. It's, it's direct disobedience towards the creator. And it's been happening since Genesis 3. And for the next eight chapters, every story has this at the core of it. And like you said, it's almost like God saying like, hey, logically it makes sense to disobey me and do what I created and put in order but you you have a problem with that. And so we do. We have a problem in our marriages. We have a problem in our homes. We have a problem raising our kids. We have a problem how to navigate our careers. We have a problem with the influences we allow in our life. We have a problem with what we watch, see, say. Because in essence, a lot of times we just want to rebel or disobey or go our own path, yeah. even though we know what God is saying and asking of us. Yeah, um, yeah that's awesome. And then we, we went into Genesis 11, 6, 5 through 7. God came down, saw that, and you related it to two cultural problems that we face um, in, in, in the culture. Uh, one being we are prone to believe we need a tower. Yeah, I mean, it's just inevitably all of us, we, you and I do it, uh, and, and we, we, we openly admit that. We struggle with, everyone does, building a tower. You know, we're prone to think that we need one because that's what the culture sells us. What do you, when you, know, you say, when you say tower, you, metaphorically, metaphorically for, like we platform. said, it your platform, be, yeah. your influence, yeah. your job title, your prominence, yeah. your visibility, you know, whatever it might be within this culture, because that's what it sells you. You know, you can't scroll on Instagram reels or, or, or through Twitter without someone's posts is these are five steps to gain more followers. Mm -hmm. This is the way in 2023 to, to raise your platform and influence, you know, within this social media, that's what the world is, is about. And so there is a struggle. So let's talk about the real struggle. Like how do you do your best and, and do what you do and make it known, mm -hmm. right? Without succumbing to, you know, what the world is trying to, to pull you into. And, and that's where, you know, we talked about the fact of, first of all, we just have to step back and we have to ask ourselves, where are we spending our hours in a week? 168 hours. And we looked at, you know, over 50 of them are spent in front of technology, which 
we could sit here and, you know, maybe get to some agreement in, in the sense of a show or, or a song that, oh, I think that, you know, that uplifts Jesus or points at him. But we would all be in agreement that most of Hollywood, most of television, most of the news network, most of music does not care to point you to God, his word, or to teach you about Jesus, right? Because that's the way of the world. Most of them don't believe it. They don't want to follow it. They don't want to obey it. So they're going to create things that contradict it. Yet we're spending a lot of our time being entertained by the contradictions Mm. instead of really focusing on the truth. And therefore, you're not going to win the spiritual battle. It's not a guilt thing to say 22% of people attend church every single week, which like when I was growing up or you were growing up, every week meant Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And you did actually do that. And then people are like, well, that's crazy. You don't really have to come back to church on Wednesday night. You know, the Bible <laughs> didn't say that. You know, that was man-made. Or, and, and they get these, these dumb, like you said, almost silly arguments. Yeah. Like we're going to argue now how many times we need to gather about coming together yeah. to learn about God. So people are like, well, I'll remove Wednesday night. And then it was, I'll remove Sunday night. Now it's just Sunday morning, and yet people still don't attend every week. And they're like, well, then I don't need church. I don't need church. That's the most unbiblical thing to say possible, right? And and that's because the statistics prove it. 30% of people pray weekly. 30% of people, self-proclaiming Christians, read the Bible weekly. And 22% actually gather with other believers. So therefore, two-thirds of those self-proclaiming Christians aren't doing any of that. If you're not, then how are you going to fight a spiritual battle when you're being engulfed and overwhelmed by the messages of the world and all they're tossing at you all day long? And then you think like, hey, if I show up to church once or twice or I toss up a prayer or you know what? I did a, I did the five-minute devotional yeah. you know, type of a deal. I'm good. And the enemy is not going to come after me. And I'm going to know how to stand. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to know how to make godly decisions. Like you're not. You're not because where your time is there, your treasure is. Mm. And we are treasuring the, the things the world is giving us without realizing it is influencing and dictating our beliefs and behavior. Yeah. Wow. That's the truth, man. You, uh, the second one was, uh, the cultural problem was we are prone to believe, um, the myth that we can find success apart from God. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what the, the world message of building your own tower yeah. inevitably brings. You don't need God. There isn't a God. You, in essence, are God because what they're telling you is that you get what you, you know, what you strive for, what you, whatever you got to do to get to the top, whatever it takes, you put in that work, you're going to get your results type of a deal. And so it's a very you focused message versus a God centered message that the gifts, the talents that I've been given come from God. And so, like we said on Sunday, you've got the tower of career, you've got the tower of accumulation, you've got the tower of followers in the sense of social media, branding, making a name for yourself, being recognized, going viral. And you've got the name or the tower of identity with all these different identities everybody's chasing and trying to claim. And all of them are based in the idea of what do I get? What can I achieve? What can I claim? What do, can I become? Will people notice me? Will they know my name? Will they follow me? Will they retweet me? Will they, and all this stuff. And what we're doing is we're spending our day trying to make a name for ourselves. The story of the Tower of Babel, instead of God gave you a platform. So now we're back to, well, how do I do it? 
if God gives you a platform, then use it for his glory. Mm. You know, what are you doing in your career? What are you doing as the boss of your company? What are you doing as, as, as a, as a coach of a team? What are you doing, you know, um, with your influence on social media, you know, because it's real, it's real easy to, to see, like we meet students all the time that have, Oh, I got, I got thousands of followers already. And they're, you know, they're, they're college students. Hey, how many of your friends, you know, come to church with you or come learn about God? None of them. Okay. Who's flu and what, what are you doing with your influence? Because if none of them are, oh, none of them agree, none of them like it, then then you're probably not using your platform the way that you probably could or should be doing. And as Christians, that is the reality. God put us on this planet and gives us platforms for one purpose, to bear his image and to make him known to the world. And that's what we're supposed to be doing with our money. So people make a lot of money. How are you using your money to impact the kingdom? Mm -hmm. People who have a, a lot of prominence or, or we would say in the world power, how are you using that for, to make God known and not continuing this, this, this oppression and all that stuff where you lord your title and your authority over people? You know, when you have social media influence, how are you doing, how are you using it to make God known or are you doing it to get viral videos just for people to laugh at? Yeah. You know, like what's, what's the purpose here? And you know, when it comes to our identity, like we said, like, the world's message is grab an identity and no one can tell you, you, you have to change that. The Bible starts with our identity in Christ in God, our creator. It, it continues with our identity in Christ. And we have a bunch of people standing back going, no one can tell me who I want to be, what I want to do, where I want to go, what I want to claim. No one. Well, someone can, right? Yes, you're correct. No one can if you do not choose to follow God. But if you choose to follow God, he is the ultimate authority. Therefore he dictates and we surrender to that. Yeah. You mentioned, uh, God's story teaches us that success is found in the truth that God is God and we are not. He alone satisfies our soul and that no amount of power or prestige can substitute what he offers. Yeah. I mean, how exactly do you, how do you, what you, it's that ability to wake mm -hmm. up and go, I have what I have because of God. Yeah. And, it takes a while. Let's be honest. You know, you, you're not 16 and just walking in that. Mm -hmm. But the patterns you begin at 16, being taught in the home by parents, is that, hey, what God has given you, are, do you realize you're blessed with this? Yeah. Do you see that God God could choose to take this blessing away from you? You know, type of a deal. Those little lessons along the way allow you to understand that thinking that God is God. I'm not God. I want to play God. I want to be God. I want to create a tower mm -hmm. to God. But I'm not God. God is God. And he's the creator of all things, right? Psalm 34, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. So that word, everything is everything. All belongs to him. He can do what yeah. he wants with it because yeah. he created it. So we have to keep that in check. You know, I'm teaching my kids right now about, you know, they're old enough, they're getting jobs. Like, hey, let me tell you what tithing is. Tithing is the trust that really that whole paycheck you just got came from God. Yeah. Why? Because he could take the position away. He could take the money away. He could take your skill away, right? So therefore, we give out of uh, out of joy, the New Testament says. It, God loves a cheerful giver because I understand it all came from him. And if it comes from him, he'll take care of the rest. You know, so th those are those lessons um, within it. Yeah. So he spreads them out. 
he, um, which I thought, you know, growing up was pretty fascinating. Kind of gave me that ah, aha moment, you know, growing up, like, well, because he always wondered how, how, how are they this? How, they get there. how are they this? This, this, you know, how are they this um, nationality and this and how just everything came to be? And so you read something like this as a young kid and you're like, oh my gosh, that's pretty intriguing. Yeah, it does two things. So, you know, take that step back again and we'll, we'll unfold and pack. Everybody had one language. So it's there's a reminder when you're reading Genesis 10, everyone comes to the line of Noah. So once again, uh, no nationality or ethnicity is better than the other. They all came out of the line of Noah. All of us do. Yeah. So, you know, we grew up in a world that wants to elevate people and color and, and nations and, and all that stuff. And that is not the way that God intended for things to be. Right. But then, as you said, then God confuses their language, which then gives them different languages. So there, that's when that comes into the picture. And then there are the consequences. He disperses them over the face of the earth. And, and I think that's the key thing to going back to their open rebellion and disobedience. We make a name for ourselves and build a city so we won't be spread all over the face of the earth. Rebellion against Genesis chapter 1, like I said, and Genesis chapter 9. And then God comes down and says, okay, I will do what I'm going to do. And now we're back to that thing of, um, I don't want God to have to force anything upon me. I want to be seen as willing to do whatever God asks because God ultimately will finish his purpose. Yeah. And, and, and some of us have to wake up to that reality because he's God, he's going to do what he promised to do. He's going to get it done with or without you. And that part does keep me alarmed and scared. I have, a, I have a fear of God. It's That's biblical. That if I'm not walking with him, and or if I am, let's just say, and he wants to use me for something great, I can miss it by my own disobedience and rebellion and him choose someone else. Like that's what scary. if he's like, I was going to choose you. You chose this path. Yeah. Therefore, I'm still going to get done what I want to get done, but I'm going to choose someone else who's, who's, who's walking with me. Yeah. Like keep oh. that in your head when you wake up, right? Um, that's the reality of it. You know, I, I would say this as, as we're wrapping up, there's one little piece here that like I, I teased at and I think is really cool. And that is because, as I say, when you learn the story of God, this big wide story shrinks. All of a sudden it starts to, to make like sense. And you're like, whoa, wait a second. It doesn't seem like it's so stretched as much as I'm starting to understand the scope of, of God's story. Genesis 1 you know, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. Genesis 9, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. They don't want to do it, so God disperses them and gives them a different language, okay? Zephaniah is a prophet speaking on behalf of God to the nation of Israel, and he's speaking about one day the conversion of the nations and God returning and all of that stuff. And he says in Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 9, for at that time, I will change the speech of the peoples to a pure speech. Some translations say to one speech that all of them may call upon the name of the Lord and serve him with one accord from beyond the rivers of Cush, who's the father of Nimrod. My worshipers, the daughter of my dispersed ones, Tower of Babel, shall bring my offering to me. 
So here's this proclamation of the prophet of God saying, God is letting you know that like what happened back in the Tower of Babel through Cush's son Nimrod, through the disbursement of people with multiple languages, one day the God who, who sent everyone to the four corners of the earth, the scriptures tells us, returns to gather his people, and it says from the four corners of the earth, and then he's going to give them one pure speech for one purpose, that's to call upon the name of the Lord to serve him and worship him. And that's what wow. we see in Revelation chapter 5. Wow. I see that all, every tribe, every tongue, every language, and he, he says, and they were all saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Like Genesis 1 to Genesis 11, Zephaniah chapter 3, Revelation 5, like Zephaniah is like almost in the middle of the Bible, and all of a sudden there's this thread from beginning to end of what God wanted to do and what God will do. Wow. Man, I uh, I remember this week walked in, I think Thursday, walked in on you, and you had like, five different books just studying and getting ready for this. And, 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 and I mean, this is fascinating, man. Yeah, this is good so stuff. good. It's so good. I mean, it, this is our passion, you know, as pastors, we, we're not, we are not perfect people, but we have a passion for God's word and have a passion to let people learn God's word and to teach God's word. You have it. We, we, we sit here, you know, as a team and we study together and yeah. we sit here and we talk through next level layers of scripture that, you didn't know as a child mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with that. So let, you know, let's be clear about that as we move on through this podcast throughout the year, what you learned as a child wasn't wrong, Yeah, but there's layers to yeah. God's story. That's why it's so deep. Yeah, And then it goes so wide, you know, to reach people and it's why it's living and active. Cause as we've said, it's progressive revelation. Yeah, I can keep coming back to the story and I can learn new things, fresh things. And if I receive them right, they continue to change me. Yeah, yeah. It um, it's that fascination of knowing knowing the roots, like knowing uh, your heritage. Like for anybody doing the um, those tests that help you find out who was your, you know, ancestry. ancestry. Yeah, yeah, all that. Know. Like there's there there's that about you. You have a desire to want to know deeper roots and layers of your life. You only know up to so much. And so scripture is very similar. It's like, we only know up to so much. And sometimes we have to really cut away and really go deeper into things and really point out certain parts uh, and other parts and bring them together. Cause sometimes they, you know, like you mentioned uh, in Sephaniah and in revelation, how one, one prophecy is is connected together into two different in two different areas and, that and you, you would take miss. this generation like it's not hard we got a lot of people like that's just i'll never get there <laughs> right that's why the church exists yeah why it's important to come into a church where you can learn yeah. honestly uh because that is something we're trying to do to help you where else are you going to go get someone to help you that's true but the other side like i think of like i always tell my kids like there's i don't know there's i feel like there's like 70 different marvel movies but they all tell one cohesive story pretty much. And our kids, like, they, they know it. They can tell you what this little Easter egg is in the, in the, in the movie and what yeah. that meant and gave you a glimpse of coming. And they understand, you know, portals and, and, and realms and, and black holes and, and all these things. And they're yeah. like, yeah, this is what it means. And I'm like, so you put in enough time to learn that. Exactly. Right? So that's back to where our time is there, our treasure is. And, you know, we try, 
we try to be truthful and honest that our yeah. treasure is in God's word. We're going to try to learn as much as we can. And this podcast, Genesis Church, we are here to help you learn as much as you can. Man, it's so good, guys. I hope you guys are finding this just a blessing for you. Um, and we just want to hear back from you guys. So if you got Instagram, go ahead and follow us on Post Sunday Podcast. You can find us there. Give us a shout out. Uh, send us some questions through there if you uh, have any throughout the last five weeks that we've been together. Uh, it's been awesome. We're looking forward to the to, to what God is going to continue to do. But again, go to uh, genesischurchorlando.com backslash the never-ending story. Um, there you're going to find a lot of additional resources. You're going to follow, uh, be able to follow along with us um, week by week and just really get the resources that you need to help us stay plugged in. Because uh, we'd love to just get you plugged in through that. Yeah. But um, we're on Spotify now. We'll be on a few different platforms in the future here. And we're excited to be able to have that opportunity. Um, but yeah, man, we're really excited and thankful for all that you guys are doing and being a part with us. And don't forget, we're live uh, at Genesis Church Orlando. We're live on Sundays at 930 and 11. And you can find us on Genesis Church Orlando on Facebook and YouTube. So thank you guys again for your time. Pastor Tim, any last thoughts? We're good, man. Next week, Abraham. So as you just said, the forefather of our faith mm. is a Hebrew. And so learning those roots, Paul even talks about them in the book of Romans and Galatians are key to understanding where our faith started and came from. Wow. Looking forward to that, man. Until the next time, guys, we'll see you next week. God bless you. Grace and peace. Thanks for listening to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Genesis Church Orlando and at Post Sunday Podcast. Till next time, grace and peace to all of you.